the culture within um, the local planning authority and um, Bristol City Council itself is a culture where trees really don't seem to matter and they need to get out of their offices and actually go and look at these trees and talk to the people who walk past them and try and understand that they're actually important to people. It used to be that if you walked along the River Avon in Bristol, between the Meads Reach and Valentine Bridges near Temple Mead Station, you would pass two rather majestic weeping willow trees arching over the bank into the river. But on the 30th of November this year, these trees were cut down to make way for the development of a floating pontoon. Residents have described their removal as shameful, heartbreaking and barbaric. Vasily Papastavrou has been fighting to save Bristol's mature trees for over a decade. He came on the show to tell us about how he thinks the culture within Bristol City Council and the way it treats trees in the city has to change. Twelve years ago, I was one of the people who decided that we needed to establish a tree forum um, because at that stage we were having terrible controversies about urban trees and we were looking for a, a better way of dealing with those controversies through consultation and collaboration rather than an adversarial approach. And uh, sadly, um, we haven't made much progress. Um, only a couple of weeks ago, some really important trees were taken down close to Temple Meads. And the thing that was exceptional about that was that Martin Booth from um, 24-7 actually filmed them being taken down and um, he personally was clearly shocked by it, but also so were the hundreds of other people who walked past those trees while they were being felled. So Twitter um, became quite active. I received a lot of personal messages about it. But in truth, we knew those trees were going to come down because the decision had already been taken a couple of years earlier. And I'm sorry, can I just stop you very briefly? For people who don't know these trees, haven't seen the pictures, could you just tell us where they were and what they looked like and why they were so, why people were so upset? Um, well, they were very visible weeping willow trees and uh, they were one of the remaining bits of greenery in an otherwise rather barren landscape close to Temple Meads. And many people walking home and walking to and from the station would have seen them on their way to work. Um, so they were an important part of the local environment. They are. Abs I mean, I've seen um, pictures of them. And actually, can I just read out a message um, that we've had from... Um there's a message from Julia saying, how could they do this? My granddaughter loved those willows and now children will never have that opportunity again. Um, and, they, and one thing I noticed is that um, a lot of the publicity photos of that area of Bristol, corporate publicity, the tree is always at the front. It's always framed to have this beautiful thing in the front of it. But anyway, sorry, if we're to go back to where I interrupted you, to say this has been 
this was this we knew this was coming you knew this was coming yeah, we 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 knew it was coming and in fact there's lots of other really important tree removals in the pipeline um another one are the plane trees um uh in St Mary le Port in the center of Bristol and they're being removed to build a huge office block <sighs> and the the kind of crazy thing about that decision is the trees are right on the edge of the development site. So it would have been really easy to retain the trees and build a slightly smaller development there. And this is what other cities do. It's not an exceptional thing. Um, we can show you examples from Islington in London or Oxford. Other cities have realised that you can build better if you build around existing trees. Mm. And then you can still get those publicity photos with those gorgeous trees in the front. Firstly, it's like, do we need another office building? I suppose that's another matter. Um, But how come this is sort of happening? Are there not... I thought some of these trees were protected. Are they not protected? Well, in... Bristol um, tree preservation orders carry no weight at all and many, many trees with tree preservation orders are removed. So when I was cycling here this morning, I cycled along Lower Ashley Road, which uh, used to have some beautiful Norway maples, um, which all had tree preservation orders. Again, they were on the very edge of the development site. And some people say they were on land that wasn't even owned by the developer. And permission to fell them was given with hardly any mention of the trees at all. But in the case of the council and um, the example of the willow trees is that they're council-owned trees and it was a council decision to fell them. Um, In the case of the council, the council does not even give its own trees tree preservation orders, however important they are because it regards itself as a responsible landlord and a responsible um, authority to look after those trees. Well, yeah, apparently not, though. I mean, who, do you know who makes these decisions? Is it, is it a, a sort of committee, a, a sort of public thing? Are they accountable? Do we know when this is happening? Can we affect that decision in any way? In in the case of those willow trees, it would have been very hard to affect that decision uh, because so little um, mention of the trees was given that even the Bristol Tree Forum didn't realise they were going to be felled beforehand. Mm. And, you know, since the felling, um, it's unfortunate that Bristol City Council and the Mayor's Office have kind of doubled down on the decision that was taken rather than realise that it was a terrible mistake. And it was a decision taken in private. It was the council giving itself permission to fell those trees in a planning application that didn't mention that there were trees to be felled. So if you were scanning the planning applications, you wouldn't even know that a tree was going to be felled. And it gave permission to itself using what's called a delegated decision. So it wasn't open to a planning committee to scrutinise it. And so the trees were given so little importance that um, the decision was quietly taken 
And I think the reason for that is that culture within um, the local planning authority and um, Bristol City Council itself is a culture where trees really don't seem to matter. I mean, they need to listen to Philip Larkin's poem and they need to get out of their offices and actually go and look at these trees and talk to the people who walk past them and try and understand that they're actually important to people. Yeah, massively, and in ways that are very difficult to quantify, isn't it? That's the problem. You know, they don't make money for the council. um, But when you imagine the amount of money that they probably save in ways because people's mental well-being must surely be sort of elevated by when you pass in fact somebody posted on one of the many uh, groups I'm on about a particular tree that they pass every morning and how glorious it is and she didn't post a picture or anything but I knew from what she was saying that I see the same tree sometimes when I pass it it's a is it ginkgo yellow bright bright it's absolutely beautiful and you get that same lift every every day you pass it and they just don't seem to recognize that but sorry one thing I was going to say was this business of recognizing the importance of trees um that there is no mention of trees at all in the council's climate huge climate strategy document including on the whole otherwise seem really good it looked really comprehensive the whole section on heat resilient cities no mention of trees but surely they're so and it's mature trees we need isn't it young ones are not going to be good enough to start with we have to wait for a long time So um, in the climate emergency, and we're already experiencing this, um, last summer there were really quite long periods when it was really uncomfortably hot. And um, uh, trees actually help us deal with the climate emergency. They provide shade, they help address what's known as the heat island effect, where black tarmac and concrete in cities get really, really hot, so sometimes 10 or 20 degrees hotter than, um, than they would be if there was a green space nearby. And, and these trees actually, um, by keeping the area cooler, um, save lives. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Manchester University a few years ago did some work looking at some earlier um, hot summers in London and actually quantifying the number of lives that were saved. Um, But quite apart from that, um, they make cities much more livable. And um, it's completely crazy um, that trees weren't mentioned in the the Climate Emergency Action Plan that was um, um, finally launched in November. Um, The word tree isn't mentioned once. Um, The Bristol Tree Forum was not consulted. Um, We weren't involved in the whole process. And it really really seems to me that um, beyond um, um, the sort of various tree planting projects, there really is no plan to save mature trees in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, They're being chopped down all over the city, 
all the time and it seems nothing can be done to stop it. You did say when we were talking off air, you did, uh, to, to be fair to Bristol City Council, you did say there was a lot of good work being done in tree planting by, who is it, John, John Atkinson, did you say? So just want to be fair and um, could you just tell us a little bit about that? But you were saying, but it's not enough. Um, yes, I'd really love to. Um, I think um, Bristol has really nailed the business of doing tree planting and it's providing a really good example to the rest of the country. Um, Everything from the um, collaboration with local communities um, to the physical way that trees are planted. Um, They plant the right size of trees in the right places, so when they're planting street trees, um, they're sufficiently robust that they kind of survive the rigours of life on a street. Um, But actually, um, most of the planting is... um, virtually impossible in the centre of town because there just aren't the sites and at the moment um, when at the moment there's a a big fund of money that could be available for tree planting but there are no sites to do it so when developers chop trees down they have to put money into um, a fund that is then supposedly used for replacing the trees that are chopped down. And I checked this morning, and there's £840,000 in this fund. So these are trees um, that are planted in theory, but not in practice. And so um, the work of John Atkinson and his colleagues, um, you know, is really, really great. But what we need to do in the centre of town is not give permission to developers to remove trees um, unless replacement sites are identified. So in theory, for St Mary Laporte, we're going to get 100 trees roundabout within a mile of the development. But in practice, what will happen is the money from the development will just sit in this we'll fund. In that pot. Yeah. It will go in the pot that already has 840,000 in it and the trees won't really exist except on paper. <sighs> okay, yes, I, 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 I'm going to try and find out about that pot or rather find out more about it. Um, what, I'm conscious that people will be listening to this and wanting to know what they can do what 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 should they do if they want to try and help preserve the remaining mature trees um, in the city? Join the Bristol Tree Forum, or uh, well, I think I think it's a really difficult question. I think um, um, the key thing is to talk to their local councillors, and especially those councillors who are on planning committees, and urge the councillors who are on planning committees to require that developments, new developments are built around existing trees and especially south of the river. So there are places in South Bristol where huge numbers of trees are being removed, largely unnecessarily, um, purely to increase the profits of developers. So green spaces such as Philwood Park, um, which was obliterated for a development, um, and in fact... 
you know, even if they decided to develop there, they could have retained many of the trees, but they just flattened mm. everything before they started mm. the development. And as you said, I read you saying that actually developers' lives and builders' lives would be so much easier if they did incorporate these trees because they wouldn't have years of delay and opposition. Uh, yes, that's, um, that's definitely the case. And... Um, uh, Lower Ashley Road is, I think, a good example of that because there were several years of controversy that resulted from the removal of those Norway maples. Um, there was, I don't know, half a dozen articles in the national press, three, three articles in Private Eye, mm-hmm. possibly, you know, many more articles in the local media. And I think the question for Bristol is, does it really want to waste so much time fighting these battles when actually a bit of um, consultation and collaboration with the local community um, could easily solve these problems? Mm. So imagine that walkway that they want to build around Temple Meads. Imagine that walkway slightly modified Mm. so that those willow trees were still there And imagine all the people every day walking along that walkway and enjoying those Mm. willow trees. Mm. Um, It's not... It's not beyond the wit of these urban planners to um, slightly modify their plans and build around trees. Um, It's perfectly possible. And it's... It's something that we could so easily do in Mm. Bristol, but it will require a change of culture Mm. within the council to do it. 